0: Good morning, everybody. My name is Doug, and if you don't know me, I'm just a regular person like you. <laughs> I'm part of the pastoral team here at Living Hope under Pastor Mona Steven, and she mentors us and she helps us, and we're also beginning to help her to be able to bring the church forward and to be able to speak messages and different things like that. So this morning... If you're here for the first time, I'd like to do just a quick recap before we start, and then we're going to pray. Just what's been happening here at Living Hope Church, what's been going on, and what were the messages that we've been hearing? You know, we've been going through this series called Discover, and as this new year, Pastor Mona started us off on this 100-day faith challenge. Now, I made this slide for her. (laughs) For, the, for those of you that, that, that haven't been here for a bit, you know, they, we've, uh, every time she goes to say 100 day, she says 100 years, so I just made that. Yeah, 100 days. And then I was thinking this morning, though, how awesome it would be if in prayer we already continued to pray and start to pray. You know, this 100 year would probably be about 70 years after all of us are died and gone. But how awesome would it be if this little church and there's people here that continue to pray and continue to walk forward and continue to listen to God's voice and they continue to, you know, work in their communities after we're all dead and gone. That would be just awesome. So we can pray for that, that this little church would flourish, that God's presence will continue to be here. So we've been going through this 100-day challenge speaking about growing in the faith and in spiritual disciplines in order to grow in Christ. And in Philippians 3.10, Paul says this, he says, I want to know Christ and to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him and I want to share in his death. Now folks, the whole heart behind all of these messages is to encourage us to align our lives with the heart of God. You're going to see as we go through, step by step, it's just adding more disciplines to your life so that you can get in touch with God. You'll be able to hear His word, you'll be able to hear Him speak to you, and you'll be able to walk a life that's worthy of the gospel. Says so Because when we, when we do begin to see the plan of God for our lives, we begin to see that plan flourish, and then we're able to walk in the supernatural strength to glorify His name. And folks, that can be anything. That can be just simply the father that God wants you to be, the mother that he wants you to be, the husband, the wife, the grandparent, maybe just the friend that God needs you to be, the somebody, because God's always drawing other people to himself. And you know, if we simply commit to his ways, he'll do that. Pastor Mona said our growth is dependent on our yes to God. and In every aspect of our lives, there has to be this intent to obey the voice of God in whatever he decides to ask us. She mentioned that desire alone isn't enough in life. And it's the same that holds true with our spiritual life. We learned that in order to grow, there needs to be intent. There has to be this mindset to resolve to do it. To put your mind there, to have that minding of God. There must be action taken because spiritual growth doesn't happen by accident. And Paul said, one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards Straining forward to what lies ahead, he says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. And he said, let those who are mature think this way. And he says that if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal, reveal that to you also. In other words, as you press forward, if there's anything that's in your thoughts, in your actions, or in your deeds that don't line up to Scripture, and anything that doesn't give glory to God... Jesus in his mercy and his love to the pure heart, to the person that wants to glorify God. He's going to reveal those things to you, and he's going to change you as you go and as you walk with him. And it's been an incredible journey so far, hasn't it? Now, I noticed over the last couple of weeks, though, the battle has been a little bit tougher. Because you think we're bringing messages that directly go against the enemy and pushing back and, and putting arrows into his camp and putting bullets into his camp, you know? And <clears throat> much has been revealed to us individually, much has been already d- revealed corporately to us, how we're going to do some changes and, and different things. And you're going to see that on Tuesday night with prayer. Because God is speaking in the battles, it's intensified. It you see, the flesh has risen up and is trying to tell us, oh, I'm not going to do that, and I am going to do that. And if you want to see how tough the flesh is, well, uh, go and try to pray for an hour. You'll probably, you'll see, you'll have to fight to stay there, I guarantee it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, Paul faced the same thing with his intent to grow and to know Christ. But he resolved to pursue Christ. He did like Pastor Mona said, he woke up every day eager to dig. He was filled to the brim with God's love and his presence and he still wanted more. He said, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. In other words, get behind me, Satan. That's what he was truly saying. Get behind me, Satan. You're not in control of my life. God is. And last week, we talked about a very powerful weapon to help us along the way. And that was the word of God. You see, in all of life's distractions... We recognize that this is our heavenly roadside assistance, Pastor Mona said. It's the place where we learn who Jesus is, how to interact with him, and how to listen as he responds back through the pages of Scripture. And it's a vital part of our life. If we're going to be a follower of Christ, the word brings discipline, it brings healing, it brings strength, and it brings comfort as we walk with him. So we went through a couple of the messages, Intend to Grow?, intend to read the word, and today we're going to look at intend to pray. So let's bow our heads before we get started. Father, we thank you that we can gather here in your house. God, we're free to hear your word. Lord, we ask today that you would come. We thank you, God, that you met us in worship. And God, you came and your presence is here. So Father, I ask, Lord, now that you would Help us to hear what you're saying to us. Open our hearts and open our minds. Lord, we pray against anything that may try to steal your word. God, we stand against the enemy in the name of Jesus. God, we ask that the ground that this word will fall on will be good ground. Lord, that people will fight. God, right now through anything that's going through their minds, anything that's trying to come to get them right now, anything that's trying to put their minds somewhere else with things that they have to do after service or any things like that, Lord, we're here right now to hear your word. God, this is the most important place we can be right now, right here. So, Lord, we ask that you would come. And, God, I ask for myself, Lord, that people won't hear me, Lord, that they'll hear your voice. God, that you would take me out of the picture and let them just hear you for the honor and glory of your name. We pray these things. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. And it's hot up here, so I guarantee you right now, I'll be sweating through this shirt, which I already am. So if you see it starting to change color, it's not one of those special shirts, it's just it's really hot. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So the message today is intend to pray. Now folks, the very first point is this. Praying is vital, period. Period. There's no if ands, or buts. There's no, well, I'm saved, and you know, I I don't really need to pray. Yeah, well, you know what? I got a little piece of paper at home that says that I'm married. But if I don't connect with my wife and I don't talk to my wife, it's not much good for the relationship, is it? So praying is vital, period. Why? Because, here's a few points. Because it keeps us close to God. It helps us connect and to grow in knowing God, it realigns our heart with His, because a lot of times our hearts are somewhere else, and it positions us to receive God's peace. Now, when we talk about prayer, we're talking about a direct link, a direct link to the King of Kings. And prayer is the spiritual heartbeat of a Christian with the mindset of knowing Jesus. You see, prayer is the communication between man and between God. But it's a two-way relationship. You have to understand that. It's not just a one-way. It's a two-way relationship. Not only that we talk to God, but also that we listen to him. And like any other relationship, if you don't spend time with the person, the relationship is going to suffer. And that's why God is bringing us through these messages. He wants to bring us close to himself. He wants us to help to understand what it truly is to live as a child of God. And when you receive Christ into your heart, you see, we become a child of God, and we have the privilege of talking to Him in prayer at any time, about anything. The incredible thing is, because of Jesus' sacrifice, look at Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. We're all going to have needs. There's all, if I talk to each and one of these individually right here, everybody here has a need. I guarantee it. You might not even know you have a need. Well, come and talk with us, but we'll show you your need. <laughs> Excuse me. You see, the more time that you spend with Jesus, the more... You get to know them, And the more you get to know them, the more confidence you have to walk like a child of God's supposed to. See, there's a lot of people that sell it, settle today for lies. Lies that the devil has told them that it makes no difference if you pray. It makes no difference if you come to God. You're too far gone. Your wife is too far gone. Your kids are too far gone. Your husband is too far gone. The generation is too far gone. Matter of fact, you've not grown in years. God is tired of you. Maybe you've been praying for years and you haven't seen it come through yet. And the devil says, God doesn't hear you. And you know what happens Then we lay down and we die like the fight is over. A lot of times that's what's happened. We lay down and we die. But folks, whether God comes back tomorrow or whether he tarries for 100 years... Your children and your wife, your husband, this generation needs the prayers of the saints. See, this generation, including you and me, we need to understand that prayer and being connected to Jesus in relationship, it moves the hand of God. And hell knows it. Sometimes I think we're the only ones that forget. But hell knows it. When you read in scriptures, folks, anyone in right relationship, Anyone who prayed aligned with the will of God for the glory of his name and the advancement of his kingdom and the tearing down of evil and its strongholds always aroused God to stand and to move miraculously. Always. I was reading a story about D.L. Moody the other night, and he was just, there was a documentary about him, and he was saying, he's just an ordinary person that simply fell in love with God. He didn't have any superpowers. But he said, one thing I know, when people used to ask me to go and speak at a certain town or a certain city, he said, the first thing I would do is I would go to prayer. And I would say, Lord, is that where you want me to go? Because I don't want to go anywhere you don't want me to be. And when he would get his answers to go, you know what he would do then? He would say, okay, he would take his prayer team. Three weeks in advance, he would send them. And he would say, this is what you're going to do. I'm going to set you up with lodging, and I'm going to set you up with food. And you're going to walk the streets of that town, and you're going to pray. You're gonna talk to the people, you're gonna go into the bars and you're gonna go into the saloons and you're gonna go into the theaters and you're gonna walk up and down and you're gonna pray and you're gonna come against every stronghold that you see, everything that you know that you can see and you can perceive, you're gonna come against it. And he said, every time that the train pulled up and he put his foot on the dirt, getting off the train in any city, he said the Holy Spirit came in power. And it said it began to move right there in the train station. Right there. People began to come to, to know Jesus. People started asking about Jesus. He didn't have to do anything because prayer did something. And you see, my Bible says that God is the same today as He was yesterday, and He'll be the same tomorrow as He is today. That's why prayer is so exciting. And when you add this discipline and this habit to meet up with God daily, and you get to you just to bringing Him in, it's vital to us seeing and knowing the will of God. And the promise is there in James four eight. James four eight says this: it says If you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And one thing is for sure: if we don't take this challenge, you have to understand it's not Pastor Mona giving the challenge. Pastor Morton went to prayer to see God. What do you want me to tell the people? And he's challenging us with these things. If we don't take the challenge that God's putting before us and we don't learn to pray and connect with God, there are too many enemies for us to fight off and survive. There's too many. The world, the flesh, and the devil are simply three enemies you can't face without a prayer life because you're going to be defeated every single time. Without the counsel of God, without direction of God, and without the wisdom of God. You see, prayer helps us to focus on what truly matters. When we go into prayer, there's a lot of times, a lot of things bothered me. And I had some hard, t- hard, just hard things, hard decisions. There was so much around my life. But yet, when I get into prayer, God changes the perspective. Paul was a man who was devoted, he devoted himself to pray for the saints and to continue steadfastly in prayer. Paul tells us in Colossians 4.2, he says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Now, when you look at that word devote, it's not a loose word. It's not an easy word. It's an action word that means this, give a large part of your time and your resources to So Paul's saying, give a large part of your time. Give a large part of your resources to prayer. Why? Because if you're not connected to the source, there's no power. And without divine power and enablement, all you have is human effort. That's what's left. You see, because the connected life is the prayer-filled life. Everything that distinguishes Christians from the world in a Christ-exalted way is a work of God's supernatural grace. It has nothing to do with me. And God has ordained that this grace, it flows to us through prayer. That's why prayer has to be central in your life. It has to be central in your family. It has to be central in your ministries. It can't be peripheral. It can't be on the outskirts. Because through prayer and faith in Jesus, those that believe can access the power of God and receive the strength to overcome any obstacles that comes their way. And there will be obstacles that come your way. Matthew 26, 41 says this. Matthew tells us, keep watch and pray so that you're not given to temptation. It says, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Matthew's telling us, prayer is a necessity. It's a, necess- it's a necessary part of the fight. In order to not to succumb, to the things which are going to come up against every day. Ephesians 6 tells us that our enemy is very real. He's not here to hurt your feelings. He's here to ruin your life. You know, some people think, oh, you know, the devil and the things. Yeah, not, we, we truly don't understand the spiritual realm and what's happening and what the plan is for you. Because if we did, we would run right straight to prayer, and we would stay there. Paul tells us to put on the armor of God for a reason. Take your stand against the devil's schemes, he says. Take your stand, not run away. Take your stand. He tells us to take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. He says, you're not struggling against flesh and blood here. You're struggling against the the evil forces and the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. He says, take the the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit that we talked about last week. Pastor Mona's brought us through that. It's the word of God and run. No, he didn't say run. He said, and pray. Put put on your armor and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Because you see, when we pray, we summon God to the battle. When God shows up, it's all over. It's all over. A lot of us forget that it's already been over at the cross, but sometimes we struggle so much that we have to, We pray, we ask God, God, help me. God, come to my rescue. God, I need you, which is great. But sometimes I think we have to go back a little further and say, hold on a second. I'm already victorious. I'm still gonna pray for help. I'm still gonna pray for all kinds of requests because that's what it says. Pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests because you never know how God is going to use your prayers, your requests, whatever you bring to him to in order to bring his kingdom forward. Sometimes we're, we might pray things that we're like, well, I wonder why I prayed that. You don't know what damage that's, that's doing in the enemy's camp. You know, I watched the other day, it was funny because <clears throat> I was watching a, a show with soldiers and they call this thing rapid fire when they don't know what to do. And a, there was like a, 10 of them behind a wall. One guy had two guns. He had a cigarette in his mouth. And all he was doing was this. <laughs> because he couldn't see the enemy. He didn't know where the enemy was. And they were all just sending as much rapid fire as they could. It's kind of the same thing Paul's saying. Rapid fire your prayer. Just pray. Pray on all occasions, all kinds of prayers, because you don't know what's going to be affecting In this generation, in the next generation, your grandkids, your husband, your wife, God will take it and you use it for the glory of his name. And he says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul himself asked for prayer. He said, because he knew the importance of it in this fight, he said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I can, can, with fear... So that I can with fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. He asked for prayer. He told the people, don't stop praying. Especially don't stop praying for me. I need your prayers. You see, without prayer, there's no communication with God. Without communication, there's no relationship. relationship. Good job. (laughs) Did you see my notes? (laughs) You can't have a relationship with someone that you're unwilling to communicate with. You can't. For those of you that are married, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still learning that. We're still learning all kinds of things, eh? Without relationship, we simply walk. Now listen to this. Without relationship, we simply walk this dead head knowledge, hypocritical, so-called Christian life with no power or change in our lives. It's quite tiring because I've done it. It's really boring because I've done it. And this type of Christian life leads you to a place where, you know what? You anticipate nothing. You come to church, you anticipate nothing. You come to prayer, you anticipate nothing. Somebody talks to you, they bring you a word, you anticipate nothing anymore. And you live in this dry desert land watching everybody else go forward and you become so proud you won't even ask for help. And it's a terrible place to be. It's like you're walking through the desert and you're hot and you're thirsty and everybody that's passing by seems to have this big, cold glass of lemonade. You want some lemonade. You can't have the lemonade if you don't want the relationship. Your thirst will never be quenched if you don't go to the source. Yet God says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen to 16, he says this, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what wicked ways? Prayerlessness could be one of those wicked ways. You have to understand that prayerlessness is a wicked way because you don't want to do it. We want to side with the flesh. He says, then I'm going to hear from heaven and then I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Now, verse 15 is interesting. It says this Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. What place? The humbled, repentive heart place. That's where God will hear. You see, when we pray, folks, it's more than the bowing of the head, it's the bowing of the will. And you can hear the compassion still of the Savior in those words. You know, he's still willing to save, and he's still willing to rescue those that are in need. You see, without prayer and communication, we become like those Paul said in 2 Timothy. He was talking to Timothy, and he said, In the last days, many will have a form of godliness, but they'll actually reject the power that could make them godly. He says, they do all the outer religious things, but God doesn't have their heart. You know, this type of people, folks, will be the very first people to come up after a service and they will say, oh my gosh, it was such a good message. Such a good message. But they have no intent to change. They have no intent to pray. They have no intent to communicate with God and to have the necessary conversation with Him that will build the relationship to a place where they become totally dependent and they trust Him. And there's so many Christians today. I mean, when we look around, churches are closing everywhere. Everywhere. And when you look at the surveys online with Christians today, it's scary. Pastor Mona's brought us some statistics a few uh, last year on even the word of God. How many Christians don't even believe the word of God is, is God's word? You know, there's so many Christians living this powerless in their communities. They're living lives in chains and shackles because they fail to understand the importance of prayer and the importance of communicating with God and building a relationship with Him. And they're disconnected from the risen Savior. That's what's happened. They're disconnected. And He's the one that holds the power to change situations. He's the one that holds the power to change lives and to change communities. And a lot of time what happens, they've given up. Jesus in Luke 18 had his disciples one day and he said this. He said, he told them a story to show that they should always pray and they should never give up. And he tells them the story of a widow who had no support. All she had was a heart dead set on finding justice from her enemies. I can see her as a little thing, a little sparky thing I would imagine. I said, God, I want to see her one day. Because she was so persistent that the judge ruling over the case said to himself, "If I, I don't fear God, he said, and I don't, even really, I don't even care about people, really. But he said, this woman is driving me crazy. That's what he said. This woman is driving me crazy. And he says, I'm going to see to her that she gets justice because she's wearing me out. With all of these constant requests, she just doesn't stop coming. But you see, this woman had the mindset, like Pastor Mona said last week, she got up every morning eager to dig. She got up every morning to bring her petitions. And she says, I will find justice, I will find justice, I will find justice. And that's how we have to be in prayer. And Jesus says it to his disciples. He says, you can learn a lesson here from from that judge. He says, if that judge gave this woman justice because she kept coming and coming, He says, will I not do the same for you? Will I not grant you justice quickly? He says, I'm not just going to keep putting you off. He says, I will grant justice to you quickly. But he says this at the end. He says, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many, in other words, will he find still praying? How many will he find that have not given up? How many will he find that are persisting in prayer? You see, something happens when we pray that would not have happened if we hadn't prayed. A lot of people here have testimonies of that, of those quick prayers when something, Almeida had a testimony the other day when her car was going to hit another car. All she could say was, Jesus. Done. How come we don't understand that? See, when we connect and we're in relation to God, all of heaven's resources become ours when we're connected. Look at Daniel. Do we have this scripture from Daniel 10 because I don't have it here? Daniel 10 says this. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your requests have been heard in heaven. And I have come in answer to those prayers. God hears every prayer. God hears you. Now we know that God's not a fix-it God who jumps at all every request, but folks, I have hope that whatever happens when I pray will always be for the good of others and everything that I'm praying for. And it's going to come in God's own time and it's going to come in his own way. It'll come from a heavenly father who, in his love, he wants what's best. In his wisdom, knows what's best. And in his power, does what's best. You see, my responsibility is to pray. Your responsibility is to pray. God is responsible for the results. There's been a lot of times in my my life where my hands have been tied. There was nothing that I could do in my own situation. Completely tied. A lot of times I went and I prayed like David, you know, and I said in Psalms 121, David said, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's a question you have to ask. Where does your help from? Where does your help come from? Is it coming from human effort? Is it coming by your organizational skills? Is it coming by by whatever I can do and, and try to line up all my ducks in a row so that something works out? No, David said, My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. He'll not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. See, God's hands are not tied. God's hands are never tied. Despite the situation, despite the circumstances, one word from God can change everything. One word. But you have to talk to him. You have to make the choice to connect. You see, I can't do that for you. Pastor Morton can't do that for you. We can encourage you, but I can't make you pray. James four, two to three says you don't have because you don't ask. The last section here is that I put down is this. Prayer is important. Because it changes our perspective. Prayer is important because it changes our perspectives, It helps us to see life through a heavenly lens. You know, and many times what happens is we enter prayer anxious or scared and fee- fearful. And while we're in prayer, God reminds us who he is. I love that. When you go to prayer and you're maybe you're discouraged or you're having a hard time, and then God brings it to scripture and he, he starts to encourage you and he starts to tell you oh look up because this is who I am sometimes we enter prayer with questions and needing answers because we don't know what we're going to do or maybe we're bothered by what's going on around us so we go to God in prayer to get his divine instructions and a lot of times we go into prayer to understand where our heart is and in return when we come out we know where his heart is and that's the key don't come up with your, with your same heart. Come up with his heart. And it's like Jesus kind of says, here, try my, try my glasses sort of thing. There have been a lot of times in my life I've gone into prayer and God in prayer leads me straight to the scriptures. And while I'm in the scriptures, I obtain confidence in knowing that I'm not alone in what I'm going through. He gives me guidance and he picks up, he brushes me off and he says, keep going, son, I'm with you. Keep going, daughter, I'm with you. You see, it changes how I see people and it changes how I see situations and it gives me his heart to continue. But ultimately, the choice will be yours. The question will be, will you connect and grow in relationship through prayer this year? Will you take the challenge? You see, every time I go to prayer, I'm reminded who my God is. Every single time. Because I've been given... Sorry, if, I, if God sees me, and he knows me, and while I choose to connect with Jesus, I can, I can lay out everything. I can lay out my hurts, I can lay out my pains, I can lay out my frustrations, I can lay out my woes, I can lay out all of my doubts, because God has really big shoulders. I love it when I can go to prayer, and I can just unload. He's your father, and he wants to hear from you. And while we're in his presence, because, you see, I've been given the right to be there. We have to understand that. I've been given the right to come into his courts. It's, I've got free access. There's no need for me to feel scared. There's no need for me to feel judged. There's no need for me to be embarrassed because God longs to hear from us and he longs to engage with us, in conversation with us, to eagerly spend time with us. And every time I find a loving father who understands what I'm going through, And you know what? He always speaks words of life back to me. Always. So that I leave that place comforted, I leave that place healed, I leave that place free, and I leave that place with a new outlook. I leave that place with God's perspective. You see, the main priority of prayer is to help me to grow in relationship with God. To be connected to God, because brothers and sisters, when we're connected to God, when I know... You see, when I'm connected and I'm doing relationship and things come my way, I know who stands at my right. And I know who stands at my left. And I know who has my back. And I know who's bringing me forward. What an awesome feeling to know who surrounds me. In Romans 8, listen to this. I'm almost finished. Romans 8, Paul says this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts, he knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself, And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. I'm sure Paul, the next verse, he was so excited because he writes, I love that verse. He says, then why do we say about such wonderful things as these? That if God is for us, who can be against us? You're not alone, church. And I'm telling you right now, when you pray, God has given us this amazing weapon in prayer. Access to all of heaven's armory this amazing conduit to himself. When you go to prayer, it ought, it ought to make you dance for joy because you know, you're going in to talk to the king, the creator of heaven and earth. And you know what I like? Prayer is the devil's undoing. Prayer is the devil's undoing. With prayer, we can uncover the devil's plots, his schemes, and all of his lies. Because when you go into prayer and you talk with the king, he's going to tell you straight up what it is. And then you can leave that place believing what it is. And then you can stand your ground. Mm -hmm. Jesus destroyed all the devil's works, remember? Envy, lust, fear, anxiety, hatred, pride. There's a list that goes on. When Christ came, he secured for you a victorious life. And he called you to anticipate his coming. And while we wait, we continue to pray. And we pray and we pray. Folks, we're going to have some bad days. And I'll close with this. We will have some bad days. But you have the help of the Holy Spirit. Who will remind you of God's goodness. It will remind you of God's faithfulness. And if you're quick to listen... He'll lead us right back into connection with our God and back into his presence where there's joy and there's understanding. You see, sometimes what happens in prayer is we create these ruts in our prayer or in our prayer life. And life becomes ordinary and predictable. But that's not God's plan for prayer. God's plan for prayer is Holy Ghost anointing power for your life, for your communities, for the people that are around you. That's his plan. Remember we said that before in a message, Pastor Mona said it, you cannot come face to face with a Big Mac truck and remain the same. It's impossible. It's impossible. Psalm 73. If you go there for a quick second. I'm going to take out my... Psalm 73, there's a a man here named Asap and he's having a really bad day. Like we have bad days sometimes. The beginning of Psalm 73, he says, surely God is good to Israel and to those who are pure in heart. And he, he begins, he's praising God and he's thanking God and he's saying, God, you're so good. You've been so good to me. And you're faithful. But he says another thing. He says, but as for me, My feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. Why? He took his eyes off the Lord for a moment. He took his eyes off of God. And he said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he looked on the outskirts. I'm sure he was a praying man. He loved God. He worked for God. But for one moment, he took his eyes off of of God. And he saw that... The wicked didn't seem to have any struggles. Seems like their bodies were healthy. They seemed to be free from any burdens. They didn't seem to be sick. They were prideful. They were violent. They had callous hearts. They had evil imaginations. They even... They even said stuff about God. And here's here's Asap. And he's like, My goodness, like I, I serve you and 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 I love you, and I and I pray and I read and I and you know, and here's these people. And he says, God, they even they even say things like, How would God know? Does the Most High know anything? It's like they don't even want anything to do with you. And he said, This is what the wicked are like. And then he has a thought in his mind that says this. He doesn't say it out loud, but he has this thought. And he says, surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. And I have washed my hands in innocence. In other words, did I do all this for nothing? Look at the world. They seem to be going ahead. They don't pray. They don't read the Bible. They don't do any of these things. And it seems like they're going forward more than what I am. And he goes on to say, if I would have spoken it out, I would have betrayed your children. In other words, if I would have spoken a lot, I probably would have lost my testimony. But in verse 17, it says this, until I entered into the sanctuary of God, until I went back to God in prayer, until I got God's perspective, until I began to see things God's way, He said, "I began to see that you've placed the wicked on slippery ground. They're coming to a no end." And then he said, "My heart was grieved and my spirit was in bitter because I was so senseless and arrogant to think those things." But then he says, "Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. God never left him." He says, "You you guide me with your counsel." And afterwards, he says, you're going to take me to glory. And then he starts and he says, I have nothing. There's nothing in this world, Lord, that I want besides you. And then in verse 28, he comes up and he says this. But as for me, it was good to be near God. But as for me, it was good to be near God. And he says, I will tell of your deeds all of my days. You see, I almost slipped, but in your faithfulness, Lord, you gave me your counsel. But as for me, it is good to be near to God because prayer keeps us close and it keeps us protected. That's why it's important to pray. You grow in relationship. You grow closer to God. You have a connection with God. You're able to pour out your woes. He's able to feed life back into you, which will overflow your life that you can overflow to somebody else. And when we have that connection, there's power. And God will move, and his hand will move.
1: I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I think, you know, at, at this particular junction, we understand that God has given us that, that wide view of what it is to be miraculously in his path. If we are his children, beloved, we have a firm confidence and assurance that we can go to him every day. But if today you find yourself just knowing about church and knowing people of the church, but you don't know him through the sacrifice of Christ, then you have to start there because it's really by that place where we can enter in in confidence, because Jesus had to pay the price in order for us to have a communion with God. And so it has to be where you, that's where you start. Do I have a relationship with God through Jesus by faith? And once you go there, then you actually remind, you You, you need to remember and remind yourself that when you go into the sanctuary of the Lord, and you speak out and you speak to him, he will speak to you. Psalm 23, 3 says, I will refresh your soul and show you the path of righteousness for my name's sake. you see god is on the move and he's calling his people back we're going to sing this song resurrected power you see we're not connecting to an it or a manifestation we're connecting to a person of the holy spirit which we're going to hear next week so you don't want to hear you don't want to miss it and tend to welcome the holy spirit well you know that's what we do in prayer we understand that in ourself and in our own rational we can't do it. But if we bring the Holy Spirit in, the living Christ will manifest himself in our life. I love it when he said, we connect to God, we bring power and anointing. You do not want to miss prayer t- this, this Tuesday because I've been asking God, God, we've put you in a box way too long. I want that power. I want that anointing. I want the ability to walk with just intent walk with power and the words to speak out because there's so many people hurting you would agree with me eh? Mm -hmm. and like moody when he stepped off that train i want that to happen to me i step out of my house and whomever i meet they meet jesus amen can't do that without prayer So as we sing this song, if you want to come, if you want to give your life to the Lord, then you do that. You ask him. Ask him, God, forgive me for my sin. God, I know you want to give me peace and life, but I can only do that through Jesus. And I know you did the work. So I receive you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. God, take away what separates me and let me come in. And for us who know, God, maybe you put God in a box for some reason or another, and I don't know what's happened to you. And you just want to refresh. You want God to refresh you today when it comes to prayer. And you come to the altar, take that step of faith and say, I want to. I want to see what it is to commune with you. Amen?